welcome you to Spruce Grove Community Church today. If you're visiting with us, we're excited you're here. I know we have a lot of visitors today for a baby dedication and we have some baptisms taking place. Uh, it's going to be a good service because God wants to do some pretty special, powerful things in our midst. But does anybody in here need some victory? Anybody need some victory in their life? I need some victory. I think we all need some victory in our life. We're in the right place. Do you know the Word of God says that if you draw close to Him, He will draw close to you. And so this morning, regardless of where you're at in your journey, we choose to draw close to the Father. And as we do that, He begins to shift something in us. He begins to change something in us. So this morning we come to worship the Almighty God. So let's pray and let's worship his name today. Father God, we thank you so much for the privilege and the honor of being in the house of God. Father, we thank you today for all you've done for us. You are such a good God. Father, you are a God who gives us victory. And Father, today we claim that victory. We thank you for that victory in Jesus' name, God. And Father, today we choose to draw close to the Father. So let's do that right now. Let's draw close to our Father in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship Him. Just want you to put your hands on your heart for a minute. Just want to pray for you because I just think Jesus right now wants to touch each person in this room. I think regardless of where you're at in your journey right now, if you've been a Christian for years... Or whether you're not even a Christian, I think he's here right now in this room. And I think he wants to touch you. So Father God, right now in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that you would touch each person in this room. Father, once again, you see the area where they need victory in their life. We trust and know that you are a good God. And Father, you have given us victory over so many other areas in our life that this is just another speed bump along the way, that God, you are a good God, that you will help us get through this, that you will give us the strength we need because that's who you are. Father, I just pray that you would touch each one for the one who needs encouragement right now, that you would encourage them. Father, for the one who needs hope, give him hope right now. For the one who needs strength, God, give him strength right now. For the one who needs wisdom in the situations, give him wisdom right now. For the ones in this room who need health, Father, we pray health on each person in this room. Jesus, we call you in to every situation because you are the way, the truth, and the lights. There is no other way, only through you. So we invite you, and I just want you to take just... 10 seconds and invite him into your situation, whatever it is, just by saying, Jesus, come in. Come into my situation, Lord. So, Father, right now in this moment, touch each heart. Each one, Father. We thank you, Father. Can we just do something? Can we say, Jesus, you are good. Can we say that? Jesus, you are good. 
You are good. You are good. All right, how's everybody doing? So I have to admit, when I woke up this morning and my car didn't start, I wonder if it'd be okay if I went to Guatemala as a missionary for the next three months. I think, I don't know about you guys, but I think that, I think that so often in culture we get so busy. I think that we scroll through Facebook and and we all have 400 things going through our mind at every any given moment. Um, and I just feel like this morning, I feel like we need to, before I start, I don't want to just talk about anything. But before I start, can we just take a moment and just be silent? And so I'm going to invite everyone just to just close your eyes with me. Um, and let's just ask the Holy Spirit this question. Holy Spirit, what do you want to say to me in this moment right now? I believe God talks to each and every single one of us. I'm, I'm going to talk to the men for a second in here. Because uh, I feel like, like there's a call in 2019 for, for men. I feel like there's a massive attack right now against men's identity. I, I feel like God's saying like 2019 is the year. Um, because uh, just, just being vulnerable for a second, I drive a, a piece of crap car. It's rusty. It didn't start this morning. And I'm, I'm driving the car because I have some debt I want to pay off. And every time I go and look at that car, the thought goes through my head of, Paul, you're going to be single forever. <laughs> and it's, and it's, not a, it's not the, like, you know when guys joke each other, they're like, eh, you're going to, right? It's not that. Being vulnerable, it's attack against my identity. Yeah. And I feel like there's a lot of men who, who Satan's attacking your identity. And I feel like 2019 is the year that that stops. Um, And so I hear God saying right now that there's some men in this room. God's been putting dreams in your heart. And he's been putting ideas in your your head and in your heart. Um, Whether it's joining with other men and rising up. Whether that's starting a small group. Whether it's speaking. Whether it's reaching out to men uh, just to have coffee. Whatever it is, I feel like God's been putting those in your heart, and I feel like there's, there's been hesitation, right? There's been, I don't know what to do, or I'm afraid, uh, and I feel like this is the call. Um, it's, this is the call. This is the challenge. Uh, it's, it's time to step up, and we never know what it's going to look like, but this is the time, and so I feel like that's a call to, I don't know who it's for, but I feel like that's a call to some men in here, um, and and I'm behind you. Uh, I think we, our culture tells us to be alone, that we're supposed to be alone, um, but that's not what we're created for. Uh, we're created to be in community together, uh, and I'm sick of the man culture, the man idea that, that we have to be a lone wolf, because that's a lie. And so take that as a challenge. It's time to step out of fear. Okay, um, so, so as I was prepping... Prepping. I knew I was going to be preaching about a month ago. Uh, and so on Instagram, there's this feature. And I was like, you know, what? I want to get some feedback for this morning. And so there's, an Insta- or there's a, fe- a feature on Instagram where you can, you can ask people questions. Or you can like, get people to ask you questions. And, uh, and so I, I put the question out there. Next time I preach, should I quote Taylor Swift? <laughs> 
And, and I received some messages that weren't really kind. <laughs> but I also received a lot that were super positive. And, uh, and thank you, Jesus, for democracy. <laughs> so, uh, ushers, if any objects come flying towards me today, it was Jess. So just take her out, push her in the snow. That's okay. Um, so the last few months, God's really been stirring two words in my heart. The words are unity and the word community. And it seems like this has kind of been a theme for the, the church over the last while. It's been a theme uh, for just the region, uh, for Alberta, for Canada. And, and we're seeing a lot of really cool things coming up lately. There's been a lot of really cool connections. And the word unity, like we can throw that around a lot. Right? It's, we can throw it out a lot. We can say, yeah, we're walking in unity together. Yeah, we're on the same page. Um, but this morning, I really feel like I just want to keep it basic. Because, because the idea that God's been really turning inside of me is, is the concept of unity. And, and, and we can say it, but how do we practically live it out? Right? It's easy to say, well, yeah, I'm, I'm on the same page with my spouse. But, but saying that and living it out are two different things. Or, hey, you know what? Me and my family are on the same page. But... Talking it out and walking it out are two different things. And so when we live it out, do we follow through, right? Are we willing to get down in the dirt? Are we willing to do the work inside of our hearts and with relationships with other people? And so, so last week, after, um, after church last week, I went, I went out for lunch and I came back. And typically on a Sunday afternoon, I just like hang out at the church and work on youth stuff or prep for the next Friday or, or do whatever. And, and this week... I came here, grabbed a snack from the kitchen, was working in my office for a little while, and I really felt like, um, like just worshiping. So I came in here, I got on the drums, and, uh, and I just started worshiping, put my headphones in, and was just going. And little did I know I was not the only one in the church, right? I didn't realize, but at some point when I was drumming, Jen Bannis came into the church and was doing a counseling session across the hall. <laughs> Right? And to top it all off, this church is not very soundproof. <laughs> so as human beings who are constantly around other human beings, right? Every single day in our mind, every single day in our lives, we're faced with situations that have the potential to create relational gaps. Right? So we're in, we're, we're in relationship with each other, but every single day, whether through our mind or through things people do or say or whatever, there's the opportunity where there's a gap in the relationship, right? Does that make sense? It's, it's a principle that uh, Jim's actually got up here a few times and shared about. And, and the principle is uh, my expectation versus the reality. The gap in the middle is disappointment, right? So what I expect from you, what I think you're going to do versus what you actually do. Whenever that happens in our life, in our mind, there's always a gap, right? There's always going to be disappointment. We always, there's, we're going to assume the worst, and that typically creates conflict. Well, I know what he said, but his tone said this, right? Well, she said this, but I know what she really meant, right? And sometimes we handle those situations in a healthy way. Sometimes we just, you know what, I forgive, I let go, uh, or we sit down and talk it out. And other times we overreact, we might explode in anger, or other times we internalize it. And the resentment and the bitterness and the anger and all these things can build and build and, and build inside of our hearts. This has literally happened to every single one of us in the last 24 hours. 
right? Some of you might still be angry because your spouse or your child made you late for church, right? Some of you might be angry because your car didn't start. It's not me, right? Others of us had a conflict at either work or at school or at home last week, and instead of being present in the moment, we're replaying that thought over and over and over of, oh, they said this, I should have said this then that would have been amazing and everyone would have laughed and they would have been embarrassed, right? We replay those thoughts over and over and over in our mind. Um, in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5, the, it says, Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing, this is the key part, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Bringing every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. We have to grab and we have to examine every thought that goes through our head about ourselves and about other people. Because if we don't, it can cause destruction either internally or externally. It can cause destruction in relationships, in families. Every church split is because of this. Every divorce is because there was a thought that started that built into something else. And as we begin to examine our thoughts more, and more, and ask the Holy Spirit His opinion on them and the truth about those thoughts, it becomes easier and easier to forgive other people and to walk in unity as the family of God. So I'm playing drums last week, and I'm just going to town with my headphones in because I'm the only one in the church. And Jen bursts through the door. She yells, Paul, would you shut up? I'm trying to counsel... You're being rude. Don't you know that I'm here every single Sunday counseling? You should know better by now. Just shut up. And then she storms out of the sanctuary. (laughs) And I was mad. Right? Doesn't she know that my worship to God is important? Doesn't she know that the only way I can worship is by drumming? How dare she yell at me? And I was so angry, I decided I need to break something. So I went over there, I grabbed one of those flags, and I started swinging it against a chair. But little did I know that the material on the flags makes them less aerodynamic. (laughs) So to break one of the flags, you really have to swing. And it was not breaking, and I was getting mad and mad, madder and madder, and then finally it broke, and I felt better. Now, just so you think we're not all dysfunctional. That didn't actually happen. What actually happened? I was drumming. She was actually counseling. I was being loud. She did come in here. She told me she was counseling. I apologized and said, I'm sorry, I thought I was the only one in here. And then I went to the kitchen and had a snack. Right? (laughs) But so often we sit in this chair... And we look across the gap at our friend, our, sp- our spouse, our siblings, uh, the co-worker, the parent, the child, and we tell, ourselves, we tell ourselves we're right. Right? And most of the time we are. If Jen had actually yelled at me, I, had, I was right to be angry. It was okay that I was upset. And I could have justified that thought in my head. Or worse... We quote the great philosopher Taylor Swift. (laughs) 
Look what you made me do. Look what you made me do. Look what you just made me do. Look what you just made me do. And now I hope it's stuck in your head. Right? But we look across the gap and we blame the other person rather than looking what's going on in our heart. I love, I love Jim's analogy. I didn't tell him I was going to throw him under the bus. I love Jim's analogy of expectation versus reality equals disappointment. But, but I think it's missing a step. I don't think that the gap in the middle equals disappointment. I think we choose what's in the gap. Right? We choose in that moment where we're going to put in the gap. And we can either assume the worst about the person or we can hope for the best. And in those moments when that stuff happens, we can either justify ourselves and blame the other person or we can say, you know what, they love me and, and I hope for the best. Right? That, that person at work, well, I walked in the room and, and, uh, and they hate me so they immediately left the room. Well, maybe they just had to go to the bathroom. Right? Or my husband told me he'd be home at a certain time and, and he's been late every single day this week. And maybe he's kind of stressed out because he's trying to provide for the family but needs to sit down and have a healthy conversation about boundaries in work and home life. Right? You know what? The church down the road doesn't worship like we do. So maybe there's a religious spirit. Maybe God's calling them to something different. And we need to unite with them because they're doing things in the community that we are not called to. Right? Maybe, or there's a transgender kid in my son's school. So I told my kid to avoid them. Maybe instead of ignoring them, we can get out of our comfort zone and demonstrate the love of Jesus to them. Because... What they actually need is healthy role models in their lives, demonstrating what it looks like to live as a solid, loving disciple of Jesus. And here's the, here's the truth. We're always going to mess this up. We're never going to get it right. But I believe that as followers of Jesus, we must always do what we can to forgive and to close the gap and to love others. Because we must get our identity from him first. Because when we get our identity from Christ, then we can look at other people in his eyes and differently through how he sees them. And as Christians, we have to catch this. We have to catch this and walk in unity with each other. And every time we see that start to rear its ugly head, we have to kick it to the curb, either in ourselves or in other Christians. As Christians, we do not have a choice in this because we signed up for it. Because here's the truth. All of us were born into a gap, right? There is a huge gap between God and us. And nothing we could possibly do would be able to close that gap between us. But God saw the gap and he chose relationship over being right. This is, this is the basic of the gospel. This is boiled down to the basic thought is God chose relationship with us over being right. I think uh, in John 3.16, I think we, we miss the power of these words, especially if we grew up in church. Well, John 3.16, I know that. And I think we miss the power. I think we miss the truth in those words. Can you put it up? For God. 
I could stop talking there and that would be enough. Because those first four words change the course of history. For God so loved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And if God cared about you, if God cared about me so much that he was willing to give up everything, he was willing to give up his son, then what right do we as Jesus followers have to hold the gaps against other people? Could you imagine the change in our lives? Could you imagine the change in our churches, the change in our community? If we were a people where forgiveness was instant, if the second someone offended us or hurt us, it was, you know, I forgive you because God forgave me. That's when unity happens. I want to uh, I want to invite you to stand in and I want to pray for, for all of us because I need this too. But I feel like today is a day of new beginnings, right? Baby, uh, dedicating baby Jayla, right? In a few minutes, we're going to have people that are saying, hey, I'm new and I'm being baptized and I'm starting new. And today's a day of new beginnings. And I feel like that for a lot of us, there's gaps in our relationships with other people. There's gaps in our hearts from things that have happened. But I feel like today is a new day. Today is the start of a new thing in all of our lives. Because God wants to heal those gaps. And sometimes, um, sometimes we can't actually talk to the person where there's a gap, right? I think, of, um, I think of my dad who passed away when I was little. I couldn't sit down with him and say, hey, you know what? I've forgiven you. As I walked through that healing, I couldn't sit down with him and say, hey, you know what? I forgive you. But there was still a gap in my heart. And so there might be, you know, uh, an, an ex-spouse or someone's passed away or, or there's abuse or something going on and, and you can't actually talk to that person. But I feel like God wants to close gaps in hearts today too. So I'm going to pray and then, and then we're going to go into a song of worship. So God, we thank you that you're a God that forgives. God, we thank you that in all of our mistakes that you still chose to give Jesus so that we could have relationship with you. We thank you that you're a God who chose relationship over being right. And God, I just pray that as we head into this worship, God, that you would heal. That you would heal. That you would restore. Not, not restore relationships necessarily, God, but that you would restore, the, restore our hearts. That places in our hearts where there's things that are broken, that you would start to speak to those areas. And that you would start to bring refreshing and you would start to bring healing. So God, I thank you for what you're doing right now. I thank you for what you're going to be doing. And God, I thank you for the process of healing. Jesus, we love you. We bless you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.